Courtney Matsoki from Azuro Dream Travel, and this is Locali. In this episode, we are heading to the beautiful Italian region of Tuscany called Chianti. Imagine soft, rolling green hills, chestnut forests, vineyards, olive groves, and picturesque stone villages scattering the landscape amongst welcoming cypress trees. Today, we meet a small boutique travel company based in San Casciano in Val di Pesa, about 15 kilometers or a little over nine miles southwest of Florence, with a philosophy in slow, sustainable travel and a love for creating meaningful and immersive travel experiences aimed at discovering the authentic cultural and culinary heritage of the Tuscan region. So I would like to welcome Ariana Cini of Kilometer Zero Tours. Ciao, benvenuto. Ciao, ciao, Courtney. Ciao, everyone. And thanks for having me today. Thank you so much for being here. So first, let's talk a little bit about your background. Did you go into tourism at an early age or how did this all begin? So yeah, so that's, um, that's a great story. I was basically born among people in the sense that my mother, uh, she used to run like a B&B and a family house in the county countryside. And I was born in that house. So basically, I was born surrounded by travelers coming from all over the world. I remember, you know, memories of my childhood of guests inviting us for an aperitivo together and just sharing stories. So that has been always in my blood. I couldn't really, uh, I could not think of my life in a, in a different, different way. I have been enjoying so much meeting people from other cultures and, you know, exchanging experiences. I loved traveling myself. Uh, so much. Uh, so I have been exploring as much as I could when I had time, of course, to do that. So um, after <laughs> high school, I uh, I have been going, I went to Australia for one year uh, to live there. And there, of course, I could learn English. I met so many people and, you know, I was there on my own. So it has been a great experience so that I could really you know, just create a new me, a new myself, uh, and uh, uh, just uh, going out of my comfort zone and uh, getting to know so many different people uh, and uh, and getting to know so many so many different experiences. So that has been, yeah, always in my in my blood. Then once I came back to Italy after my Australian experience, I uh, I actually I went to Bologna. And I did the university there and I graduated in foreign languages and uh, uh, literature. So that's, that's, yeah. So I, let's say languages and uh, tourism has been always my passion. In Bologna, I fell in love <laughs> and I fell in love with Alessio, <laughs> who is, uh, who is my partner and who is my husband. So he is uh, one of the most important part in my life. I met him in, in Bologna and he, he has been always so passionate about farming. He has been graduating in, in, in farming and agriculture in Bologna. He's a sommelier, so he was so much into wine and food and farmers uh, and agriculture. And so, yeah, that was the beginning of everything. So we fell in love. We combined our two passions, my passion for, you know, for people, for stories uh, and uh, and for you know for travel and his passion for farming and we created the KM Zero Tours. That's amazing and what a great story and a, a wonderful inspiration behind the founding of your company. When did you finally establish your company and what is in a name? Uh, what does Kilometer Zero Tours mean? So we established the company at this point um, in 2014. So it's been a few years. 
the name has been a great challenge uh, in the sense that uh, I still remember the uh, the occasion when we came out with this name. Actually, as I told you, so we decided to to let's say to create this project to, to combine our two passions for travel and for agriculture. So of course, the food and wine experiences they were what we dreamed to uh, let's say to create uh, for people. The KM0, actually, we were in a, in a little wine bar in our village of Mercasale Valdipesa, San Casciano. Um, and we were with uh, two friends of ours, um, just chatting. They were not Italian. Um, so we were just chatting and spending time together. And they got interested by a sign which was saying KM0 products. And they asked me, what, what, what does that mean? What does that KM0 mean? And I was very surprised because in Italy... KM0 is a whole movement, and I will tell you more about it, but it's a very big movement. So I was surprised that they didn't know about it. And so I was like, how is it possible? And I explained about it, uh, and they said, I, you know what, I think that could be a very good name for your project. That was the very, very beginning. We had that in mind, but we still had to, you know, to create a website and a, a company name and everything. And they said, I think it will be a very good name because maybe it will be harder for people to understand at the beginning. But then once they understood the concept, uh, they will remember you. And also, it will be something they will uh, learn. So you're not going just to do wine tours. You're going to teach them a concept. And uh, so that was, you know, we were, we said, wow, that that's exactly what we want to do. And so we said, why don't we call just KM Zero Tours? And, and that was the beginning. So the name KM Zero refers to a zero kilometer distance between the traveler and the people they will meet during their journey. So it means of a zero distance. KM0 mostly refers to products. It's a very similar concept to slow food. And it's um, it refers to eating local seasonal products, giving value to the small little farms which are producing products typical from that area. We, of course, are embracing that concept and we wanted to support that concept. Plus, we wanted to apply another concept, which was the KM0 relationships, which is all about travel. You know, travel is all about relationships. So we wanted to add something more than just KM0 products. We wanted also to create friendships that was basically the slow food concept applied to tourism and we put them together and we what we try to do with our experiences is to let travelers get deeper into our community to meet our friends and you know not to be tour guides in that moment to be just Ariana, Alessio whatever and to just sit down with them and share share experiences share stories and spend a great time and uh, just giving value to that moment so that then they will remember and we will all remember that forever. Absolutely. And I think that this way of travel, um, you, you can't help but develop deeper relationships with the people that you're traveling with, the slow travel, sustainable travel movement. So let's talk about that a little bit. And you've already alluded to that. How do travelers gain a more authentic experience, in your opinion, by traveling this way and by supporting local businesses like yourself, like us who you know, really promote this philosophy? Slow travel uh, is, um, it is a kind of philosophy. I think once you 
start traveling that way, it's hard to go back to the other kind of travels. Absolutely. <laughs> at, least, at least this is what happened to me. I could never travel in a different way right now, uh, any, anywhere I, I plan to go. So it's, it's about, first of all, respect and giving value to the place you're visiting. So traveling to a different country and it happened. I mean, I think everyone who travel experienced that. Of course, every time you go to a different country, uh, you need kind of, um, you're staying yourself, but at the same time, you're trying to adjust for that, just for that days or for that weeks to a different lifestyle. And that's exactly that. That's an amazing thing because that will create new aspects of yourself, which probably you never thought you had. And you just discover by learning stories and by hearing, uh, you, you know, by having new inspirations, uh, you learn more about yourself uh, and you grow. And, uh, you know, you, it's, I, it, I think it's a wonderful experience. But in order to do that, you need to get involved. Uh, there is no way um, I have, of course, Italy, it's you cannot talk about Italy without talking about museums and, you know, art sites. This is, of course, uh, an, uh, and such an important aspect. And we don't want, of course, to say, don't go to a museum. I mean, of course, that is an, right. it is an, an extremely important part of a journey. And that's more a learning experience. And of course, you, you evolve. I mean, you, you, you learn from every kind of experience. But let's say each of us, um, I think, has to be focused on a specific aspect uh, and and the aspect we are focusing in it is more about getting involved in the real life of the people and that's slow travel it means instead of packing your day with so many things without really getting deep so get just staying superficial and just do a whole tour of Tuscany in one day we just say you know let's focus on less things in a better way so uh, just let's focus on less places but let's Let's learn more about them and let's try to embrace their lifestyle and to understand them and to exchange some experiences together so that once you're back home, you will have memories and not just pictures, you know, so you really have the feeling to have experienced something. Yes, I agree. And, you know, I always feel like this kind of travel kind of creates a vulnerability within yourself. You know, you become more vulnerable and at that moment is when you're kind of opening your eyes to new things and it really does change you. Yeah. You were talking about your collaborations with small producers in your region. This really gives travelers a local experience and they establish a personal connection to Tuscany and to Italy. So a few of the taglines on your website gave me chills like, choose to discover the real world. Let's do it together. Live the experience. Yeah. Um, this really embodies exactly what you guys do. Let's talk about some of the experiences that you offer travelers who desire a slow travel experience. Yeah. So first of all, we are blessed to to live in the countryside. And it's so beautiful. It's so beautiful. The videos that you share on Facebook, I'm always just, oh, it makes me dream every time I see them. Thank you. Now here, the beautiful thing about, uh, so just, um, I'm just trying to, let's say in this moment to share a little bit of what is our lifestyle here. So we live in this little, little village. It's just a few people. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we are in this uh, country, country homes. It is like imaging a small little hamlet made of it is maybe five different homes so of course we become all friends uh during the during covid during the pandemic for example we had a whatsapp group and every time somebody was going to do some shopping 
you know, we would text everyone, oh, somebody needs something, you know, and it's, for us, it's up, it's natural. It is, you know, we know that we need to help each other because it's just a few of us. And, you know, there's, if it, there's snow, we are stuck at the house for several days. And, you know, it is something that comes natural. When, I think when you're, when you live in a city, you are in a way more confident about, uh, your power in a way so you you think mm. you can manage because you just go out and you have everything is available at every time when you live in such a small village and you know in such a small community you feel that without the other ones you're nothing so that is something that it helps us to have this uh, wish and desire to open our homes and to open our hearts to uh, let's say visitors from all over the world. We are so excited to share our personal experience, to share our home. And this is very important. Let's say this is something you can gain. I think like more, a lot more in the countryside rather than in the center of a big city. That is one of our, let's say, most important aspect of our, of any of our tours. So to, to select small little farms and small little family owned vineyards or cheese farms or olive oil farms willing to share. So willing to sit down together with the guests and, you know, to share their stories and to share their home, to share their homemade food and favorite recipes. And, and, and of course, all these kind of uh, wonderful uh, um, experiences. So this concept can be applied to pretty much every uh, product. So from, again, from wineries to cheese farms to honey farms to the artisans. Artisans are very important aspects in our tours because I think uh, we try, let's say, to express the diversity of our, let's say, territorio, we say in Italian, so of our land, which is made of, of course, food and wine producers, but also the artisans are extremely important and every single village is connected to a different tradition. So let's say on a, on a tour, which is, can be one day or a whole week, we try to recreate this complexity, let's say. We, we try to, to express different aspects in one day. So, to you know, we would go from a small little vineyard or olive oil farm and then to meet one artisan and then to explore a little village, hilltop village, and, you know, sharing great stories and try to, again, to share what is our life, uh, life here. And that's very important so that people get an idea of, like you said, what life is really like in the countryside. And it kind of goes into the location where you guys are located. San Casciano is located between Florence and Siena. So could I say maybe North Central Italy? Yeah, absolutely. Would this be correct? Okay, so, and this area is one of the crossroads to Rome. I was reading a little bit about it. It has excellent positioning. It's very convenient and when, when you're traveling to and from Rome. So historically speaking, it also made the town one of the most popular stops on the road to Rome, which helped it to prosper economically well into the 1400s. So let's talk a little bit about your location and the ease of access for travelers, maybe people traveling solo by train, car, private driver, um, and then also as an extension to your experiences. Yeah, we are very fortunate because Chianti, the Chianti region, San Casciano in particular, but I would say the whole Chianti region, it is this beautiful area. Imagine Chianti, like the rolling hills, cypress trees and vineyards, olive trees, which is like the landscape is unspoiled. These hilt up small little villages, stone villas and farmhouses. But at the same time, you're 30 minutes drive from Florence and you're 40 minutes drive from Siena. 
And then, you know, you're very close to the airport. Everything is reached in less than one hour drive. So it's a perfect, like we are, we feel blessed because we are in this just uh, pure countryside, but at the same time, we never feel isolated. And also for our business, it is perfect because we can, you know, we can easily pick up some guests, for example, in, in Florence in the morning and, and take them back in the afternoon and have a whole day of exploring. So this it opens you so many other opportunities. Uh, so absolutely yeah, the let's say the then um, the Chianti region it's as it is so close to from Florence uh, it is very easy to be reached there isn't a train here in Chianti but let's say it, again there's some buses uh, uh, I used to go to high school in Florence for example so every day I would catch the bus from my village of San Cassano and go to school in uh, in the center of Florence so that is a possible way uh, of transportation and then of course we arrange our own transportation during the during our tours and experiences so let's say guests can just relax because sometimes you know our roads in Chianti can be a little bit whining <laughs> not everyone is especially after a nice glass of wine <laughs> sometimes... maybe not the best idea <laughs> well it depends of uh, how brave you are and especially how expert you are about you know tra- uh, like uh, traveling um, in a, in a, some country country roads, but let's say yeah, we we prefer usually to provide uh, our own transportation uh, in case somebody is not expert, let's say, and then <laughs> if if it's the first time visiting our our region, otherwise again there's the bus and also yeah there's the train. Um, again, in any case, Florence is very close. It's really not difficult to rent a car and drive around. Um, yeah. I know a lot of people hesitate, but. Um, you're right. The roads are windy, but um, not they. I would say they're akin to American country roads as well. Yeah. So not so different, at least in the Tuscan area. Yeah. And of course, one of my favorite areas of Tuscany is the Val d'Orcia. I always remember driving through the countryside there. Um, sunflowers everywhere windows down in the car and I just would take pictures of everything because this area is just so spectacular for nature lovers, wine lovers. Um, So maybe give us a visual of the scenery and an experience that you offer in this area to realize the quintessential Tuscan dream trip. And please say that it involves pecorino cheese and brunello wine <laughs> some of my Perfect. favorites especially together <laughs> which are two of my favorite products so i it won't be difficult to to include them in this quintessence uh, image of Tuscany. no so yeah so Valdorce is a different region this is a actually is a good point uh, for for telling you that of course like we are based in Chianti and Chianti is our home uh, you know so these uh, small little villages and the Chianti vineyards and olive olive uh, farms are, you know, of course, a very important aspect of our experiences, but then we go beyond Chianti. So we try, let's say, to, um, especially on our longer itineraries, but also as a, just as a day trip, we, of course, tend to explore different parts of, uh, Tuscany and Valdorce is one of our favorites. So, uh, you know, imagine Tuscany is, is a very big region and it has many, Area. So Chianti region is one area. Then there's another gorgeous region we uh, we explore is the Crete Senesi near Siena. And then there's the area around San Gimignano, the area around Lucca. There's many. Valdorcia is uh, one of the most uh, beautiful ones. Uh, it is in the southern part of Tuscany. 
in uh, let's say uh, going towards Rome. It has amazing little villages. Uh, lots of them are part of the UNESCO. So it's really, and the whole area of Aldolce, so the, the whole landscape is protected by UNESCO. Driving there, the landscape is completely different to our landscape in Chianti. That's why we love to, you know, to experience both with, the, with our guests because Chianti is more green in terms of there's a lot of forest as well. There's, uh, you know, lots of olive trees and vineyards. The Val d'Orcia is about these rolling hills, the cypress, this beautiful villa, sunflowers, as you said, poppies in the spring. And then you have the grains. At this time of the year, is fabulous there because it's all about golden grains, which are in wheat, which is ready to be harvested, and then the sunflowers in bloom. And then, of course, as you correctly said, that area is famous for two main products in terms of food, which is the pecorino. Uh, the pecorino is perfect there, pecorino di Pienza in particular, because imagine these uh, huge, like extensive, beautiful fields with, you know, nothing. There's grains uh, in the summer, but then there's so much space for the ships to just uh, walk around. So they are perfect, perfect, um, let's say, land for milk and for, for pecorino. Uh, and we know there such an amazing pecorino cheese farm. You sit down and in this beautiful homemade restaurant with a gorgeous view over the Valdorcia Valley. They serve you this kind of pecorini from the fresh to the aged, uh, paired with honey, paired with olive oil. Uh, and then you have some fresh pasta they just made uh, with their own grains. They produce everything. It's a wonderful experience. Sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> and then the Brunello. Uh, so in Chianti, we produce the Chianti Classico, which is a red wine made of Sangiovese. The Brunello is, uh, let's say, the king of the Italian red wines. So it's uh, along with Parolo from Piedmont. Brunello is, the, is another... Uh, let's say, very prestigious wine, and we are very proud of it. And it is made in Montalcino. So it's called Brunello because it has this uh, very dark uh, Bruno, Bruno, Bruno color. And uh, uh, it is uh, um, a very, let's say, important wine to be paired with, uh, not for sure, with an appetizer. So you want to have a nice meal, you want to sit down, you want to enjoy it, you have the time to enjoy it because it's a, it's a fabulous, it has to age for minimum five years and then it can go up to 20 years of aging, even more, even 30 years. So the beautiful thing is that it's a wine which brings history. And uh, it's, uh, it's a fabulous experience. And we, of course, yeah, so in, in Montalcino, we always love to go there. And we know some fabulous little wineries where you can meet the vintners and, you know, just get to know the whole production from the winemaker as well and from the owners and then relax and enjoy a fabulous lunch with some pasta ragu or peachy, which is the typical <laughs> kind of pasta from that area. And, uh, and of course, a good, nice glass of Brunello to end the day. Oh, to begin the day or to end the day. I know, either way, it's wonderful way. when you're there. <laughs> so turning from wine to children now, when we, when we founded a Zero Dream Travel, my second daughter, Juliet, had just been born. And now, so now I have three young girls who I adore to travel with whenever possible. So my philosophy and that of our business is that your children may not remember each moment, but that each experience will intrinsically shape who they are as they grow. So we love to share travel with them. So what do you think? And what are some activities and outings nearby for families, traveling with children, kind of of all ages? 
So for me, for us, let's say children are very important as our like as our guests, let's say, because it's our next generation. So let's say we feel that we are really trying to, as, as you said, so we are really teaching them something, it would stay with them. Maybe they won't remember all the specific details or things they, you know, we say, but they will definitely remember that lifestyle. And I'm sure, especially from a, a child or a teenager coming from a city, it is so important to get to know some more genuine kind of lifestyle and, and uh, you know, just some food, like understand where the food comes from and, uh, and meet the animals and play with them and just, you know, without being worried of what the other ones think, you know, there's, I think there's so much pressure in this younger generation right now. I, right. I, I don't have children myself yet, but uh, um, <laughs> let's say I, I remember, you know, me growing up as a child here in the countryside, it has been so natural. So I really, you know, we were uh, having our best life ever. I feel blessed because I had that opportunity to understand that some, you know, of course, some people do not have the same opportunity I had, but at least, you know, even if it's just for a few hours or for a few days to experience something which is totally different from what you're used to, uh, it is, I think, a unique opportunity for them to grow. And so we have selected lots of experiences just for the children, like it's, or in any case, for family with children. We have a whole program, a whole itinerary, you know, just addressed for them. And uh, it involves, uh, of course, some fresh pasta cooking class and pizza party and uh, the gelato making. And of course, the, you know, the goat cheese farm and uh, also a good cashmere farm so that they can get to even feed the, the babies, uh, the baby goats. Also, again, the artisans, they sometimes make them create a little something. So also in that case, you know, just to work with their hands, which today we are all the time with a computer and it just, they begin so early. So they are losing their sense of, you know, just creating things with their own hands. And so we try to encourage them to go back to what is about creating something, you know, that you, you, you see from scratch. So either pasta or, you know, a little pottery, um, vase or, you know, like, um, uh, anything like a gelato, uh, since gelato, for example, they really start from the flavors and they arrive until the final product. And so we try to, um, to make them feel involved again. And, uh, and we see that they are having so much fun and they just, they can run freely in our countryside and the parents are having fun too because they see that the kids are relaxed and they finally don't need to give any technology. It's just the nature by itself which does the whole work. Absolutely. And kids love to be involved in yeah. their travel experiences. So the opportunity to create things, to be creative and on their ex during their experiences really will create awesome memories for them. We're going to switch gears just a little bit. Um, I would love to talk to you a little bit about the environmental effects of mass tourism on Tuscany. How do you think this has inspired you to create more sustainable experiences? How do these experiences support your local economy? So uh, this is um, is a very good question. I uh, I actually thought when, when we began this project, I thought it would be very easy for me, as I was born here in the countryside, to be able to create authentic experiences and, you know, just uh, taking them to, like, taking visitors to places I would love to take my friends or my family. It wasn't that um, easy. Uh, Tuscany, I must say, 
it's, it's such a, a well-known destination. Sometimes places are even too much organized. I don't know if I can, if you can understand, but like, for example, my husband is from Abruzzo, which is a different region. You may have um, talked already about that, or you may have yes. that in plan, but in any case, it's a, it's a wonderful region opposite of Tuscany. Nobody knows about Abruzzo, not even the Italians sometimes know about Abruzzo. Look, <laughs> it's, it's, um, the, it's isolated uh, um, by the mountains. It is a gorgeous, amazing region. Beautiful. Nobody knows about it. And so when you go there, people are, it's, it's just untouched. Tuscany, so it has been um, such a big contrast for us you know, to go to Abruzzo to visit Alessio's family and to see uh, something and then to come here and to see how everything was sometimes even, in our opinion, too organized. So you really felt like a tourist sometimes. If, if you're going to the wrong places, sometimes you feel like that you're just part of an itinerary and you're following a path which is not the real path that local people would would leave, you know. So right. we said, no, we don't like this. We want, so I, like we thought, where we would take our very best friends, our family members, what are the places we love. And we also wanted to create friends for ourselves. And so we said, we want to go to the places we like and, you know, to the people we love and, you know, to the, to the products we like so that we become the first customers of these people that will buy cheese and wine and, you know. And that was the beginning. It hasn't been easy. So many times I was thinking maybe from the websites and a place could, you know, look authentic and then we were going there and you know after two seconds we had already the price list <laughs> in front of us or these kind of things which are a little bit pushy or you know we, we didn't like that approach and so we have been working so hard to you know to select the right people so we don't usually say when we go and discover one place we don't usually uh, tell them that we are working on tourism we just write as we were normal visitors so that they don't know, they do the service they, they do. And, uh, you know, and then only if we really see that they are putting all their passion, we just say, okay, so, you know, we would love to have you uh, on, uh, you know, among our friends and, uh, and we would love to come back here uh, with, uh, you know, with, with other visitors. But yeah, it has been more challenging than what I, uh, than what I thought. Yeah, definitely. The important thing about supporting local producers is that the money spent by travelers goes into the local economy and it feeds families. Absolutely. So the beautiful thing is that you're helping their lives. You're helping a project. You can meet their children and, you know, you can see how every time we go to, to our producer, like to our friends, uh, we see that they have been doing something new. They have been added something, you know, we grow together. So that's, that's an amazing thing. And this is all like we feel that, we are a little part of that so that we have helped them to, you know, to, to help their children to go to school or to help, you know, it's, it's, you feel that you're really doing something which is wonderful for yourself because you're having a wonderful time. But at the same time, you're helping somebody's dream and somebody's life and somebody's work. So uh, absolutely. This is a wonderful, wonderful feeling. I feel that sustainable travel is very important now, especially because of what the 
travel industry, what local businesses have suffered and gone through in this past year. What are your thoughts on that? Why do you feel that sustainable travel is so important right now? Um, and, and why is it so important for people to be more intentional, purposeful about the choices that they make moving forward with travel? Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, it was already extremely important uh, before. Now it's even more important, as you said, making a choice. I think it's all about making a choice because right now everything is available. And uh, the more technology takes over, the more possibilities we have, which is good on one side, but bad on the other side because we are, we get confused and, you know, we already stress even before <laughs> even understanding it's too many destinations, too many opportunities, too many experiences, too many uh, things. And you're like, wow. So before, like travel should be something, you know, that makes you, first of all, should you, you should relax. Uh, but also you should, um, be able to, gain some experiences in the sense that to really to have the concentration to learn new um again new lifestyle to make new friendships and and to to be able to focus on this if you're overwhelmed by too many things in the end you just you follow your checklist but you don't even know what you're doing and and in the end you have been spending money and you go back home you're more tired when you left and you didn't really grow let's say you just have been seeing places but then they're all mixed up and uh, and especially i think uh now with these um after almost two years of COVID, covid times and just spending time in front of a computer and you know just not being able to have any real relationships it becomes even more important to spend quality time with the people who surround you to be selective in the in the things, in the choices you make, uh, you know, I think we all understood how important is our time, especially when we travel and, you know, when we spend time with the, with other people, with our loved ones and friends and family. And so, yeah, it is even more important to choose exactly what the, the kind of experiences you want to do with the people you want to, 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 you know, to share them and to have the feeling to help uh, small authentic businesses, let's say to, to, as, as you said, so to create a, a, an authentic community and to be, to feel part of it. So to feel part of a project, I think. Yes, I, I fully agree. It's very important when you're choosing your travel experiences. On your website, I found that you highlight one of my favorite quotes by American poet and civil rights activist Maya Angelou. It says, people will forget what you said. People will forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. How does this quote really get at the heart of what you do? And how do you hope that people will feel when they leave Italy after experiencing KM0 tours? Yeah, so that quote is exactly what we dream to give to every single traveler we met. And uh, so, yeah, again, for us, the most important thing, of course, we over a week or even over the day, we tell them some great stories and, you know, we try to introduce them about uh, whatever is the subject of the day. So either wine or olive oil or, you know, food or villages, artisans. But then the most important thing is that they really, uh, in, in my opinion, for whoever visits Italy, for, for the Italian lifestyle, one of the most important aspects is, is the hospitality and the 
concept of the familia. We were just talking about that even before the podcast, but yes. the concept of the familia. So to sit down all together, to help each other, to have different generations uh, all at the same table uh, and, you know, to just, so to be different, but at the same time connected by, you know, the, through the food and wine and everything. And uh, it's, it's one of the most important aspects. So uh, this is, uh, let's say for, for us either like then, the mean, like either it's honey or olive oil or wine. The most important thing is that again, they will remember how they have been, uh, like the, how they felt here in Italy. And, and we try to make them feel at home. So we try to, you know, to, to just remember us as friends. And that's, you know, my, one of the most wonderful thing which happens. And thanks God it happens very often is that it's when, for example, when we are going to uh, any of the producers we know, and maybe there are some other people there, maybe some, you know, cousins of the family or something, and they don't know who we are. So we start, you know, sharing the lunch together. And at a certain time, they're like, okay, so Ariana, which kind of work do you do? And I'm like, can you believe I'm working now? <laughs> and they are like, no, so you don't know each other. You're not part of the No, this, in theory, this, they are kind of clients in theory. And they don't, they don't, they don't understand us because we are, you know, we are all together and we are having fun and we laugh and we enjoy. And that's the most important, like for me, the best thing which can happen is to be confused with the visitors. So to be, to be, <laughs> yeah, I want to be like them. I, I am, I am learning together with them. And, you know, it's, it's wonderful when people learn about all of us together, not just me teaching. And it's just an exchange. Right. And, you know, the dream is is possible. You can really love what you do. Yeah. Like you said, creating those connections is, I think, what brings you back to continuing th this opportunity for people, continuing to create these opportunities for people. And the same with us. I just love to create travel experiences for people and show them how to create connections to other people um, and even within themselves. Yeah. So I want to say thank you so much. It was a pleasure not just talking to you again, but also mm -hmm. seeing you. Thank you to Ariana Chini of KM0 or Kilometer Zero Tours. For more information on KM0 Tours, photos from the interview, and an incredible video of a day in the Tuscan countryside with KM0 Tours, like and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Azuro Dream Travel or visit us at AzuroDreamTravel.com. So, Wanderlusters, Azuro Dream Travel can plan your sustainable dream trip to Italy by connecting you to small local businesses. Let us help you create your own Italian love story.